0: welcome to the dental brief the world's direct right to the point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice to learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show visit our website dentalbrief.com on to today's episode hello everyone welcome to another episode of the dental brief today we have with us a terrific guest um, someone with a military background um, who is also a dentist? I want to jump right in, Dr. Richard Hewitt. Uh, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here.
0: I'm grateful to have you here. I want to thank you for your service. Um, we'll talk a little bit about your website that you run, um, which is militarydentist.com, or the consulting agency that you run. Um, tell me, uh, you know, obviously you're in the military. Tell me about um, your background. How did you become a dentist?
1: Okay. Well, interestingly enough, you know, I graduated in 1982, which was not the last high inflation um, period that we had in this country. And you know, coming out of Northwestern in Chicago, I'm looking around, and in December of my senior year, went back to my hometown and looked what it would cost to set up from scratch. You know, start a business. And uh, the local banker who knew me because of the, my father's business, and he was said. Well, uh, Rick, I think I can lend you, uh, you know, about a hundred thousand dollars at Prime Plus One, and of course, Prime interest rate at the time was eighteen and a half percent. And I looked at, did, took a calculator and did the monthly payment part of it, and I said, well, I guess I'll be living at home with my parents after I graduate, which uh, you know, every some people have uh, experienced in this in this type of economy. So as inflation starts coming back with us here, uh, this has sort of kind of invigorated me as far as making sure that dentists understand uh, what kind of business environment they're getting themselves into right now.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's ever evolving, right? I I talk, I know a lot of people say that, hey, they don't teach business in dental school. And, um, you know, that's, that's true. Um, I don't know any, I think there's a couple that have some, some classes, but a lot of the things that you learned in business school if you did went, if you did go to business school 30 years ago or 40 years ago wouldn't even apply to the industry today isn't that true?
1: That's true. I mean most of the business most of the executive education that I got was mainly from uh, in the military to tell you the truth. Uh, as sure. you go up in rank, uh, you know most of the military they concentrate on making sure that you have a, uh, a, an executive type of management uh, decision process and so depending it doesn't matter if you're a dentist or if you're an artillery officer they put you through those ropes and uh you know i want to to let you know that my 30 years came up i stayed i stayed in the reserves my 30 years came up in 2012 but i look at some of the business courses that i was able to take when i was in the military uh as some of the best that i've ever taken and a lot of the leadership and executive courses that i took early on in my career Helped me a lot in my practice.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's. Uh, I just want to mention too, and just give a minute. You know, staying in the reserves that period of time. You certainly didn't do it for the money. So, um, you know, running the successful practices that you've had and your track record there. So you clearly did it to serve, and I appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners. Well, Thanks so,
1: very much. It's you know. it's it's nice for somebody to recognize that. But uh, you know, the uh, I, I was almost I almost had 20 years in it when 9 11 occurred. And uh I was it was already indicated to me that I was gonna head up to Washington to uh head up a project up there. And uh basically I had a long discussion with my wife. We had a small child and I said, Look, uh, I don't think that they're going to be deploying me any place where there's sand, but chances are I'll be spending a lot of time in Washington, which was sure. really uh a really interesting time, you know, this country was going through. But uh, you know, I I was happy to help coming from the private sector.
0: So, um, again, thank you. Um, let's talk about the private sector a little bit. So I know you built a very successful practice. You, I believe you sold that practice. Then you, you bought four more practices, combined them into one super practice, and a great deal of success there too. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Yeah. So, you know, what I, basically what happened is I switched states. Uh, I, I, grew, I was a native of Maine, and, uh, you know, I love quote unquote, the four seasons, but my last two years in uh, active duty were in Arizona. Then I went home for the first couple of years, it was great. And then I realized, well, maybe I don't really wanna spend all my time in cold weather. Uh, So I had bought two, I started from scratch. I had bought two practices to increase uh, the volume of the practice. And I sold those both in 1994, then went down to Florida and it was way more feasible at that time to buy an existing practice which i found in vero beach and then eventually bought three other practices and merged them into mine and then eventually sold that out in 2008
0: yeah so you've been around the block yeah. the um let me let me ask you this question and you, you know i'll preface it by saying as a dentists can oftentimes kind of get themselves into a bubble unintentionally. They, they get busy. They only see what's going on inside of their office. They have problems in the office a lot of times. They don't even know and exist because they're just so focused on their day-to-day. They're not comparing necessarily their practice to outside practices. In the, and for a lot of reasons, they shouldn't do that. Um, but they do get into this little bit of a, a bubble. Um, tell me, in your experience and, and your consulting side of what you do, what are some problems, or what's a major problem that you see dentists facing right now that they may or may not be aware of?
1: No, I I think your 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 observation about a bubble is is a really good one. Uh, I always tell dentists, look, if you own and manage a successful practice, you should be like literally chairside only eighty percent of the time. The other twenty percent of the time, you should be devoting to the management and the way how the practice runs, and you have to have you have to have a consistent pattern of office input and uh, you know the other thing is it's always good to get away and find out what other people are doing and the best way to do that is to attend national meetings and ask people that are really not essentially in your backyard and tell them what they're doing you can do that through a various you could do that with peer groups you can do that with dentists that are older and younger with you but it's always good to stay current the good news is is with social media today and with the availability of the internet, there's just an incredible amount of knowledge that you can, uh, uh, you know, get in various areas. And it doesn't all have to be in the dental pathways. I mean, you should subscribe to internet newsletters that have to do with business. They have to do with uh, human resources, etc. cetera. And there's a lot of good stuff out there that you, you just have to look for it, like everything else you find on the internet. But there's some really good stuff out there that you could, uh, and that should be part of your quote unquote education and 20% time to improve your practice.
0: Sure. That makes sense. So in working with um, peers, for instance, I know, you know, some study clubs, it seems like they're kind of declining a little bit. Um, What do you think about Um, kind of seeing a revitalization there. I mean, Do you think that's something that you suggest dentists get involved with, get into a study club, talk business from time to time, not just uh, clinical um, in those study clubs? Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, I think so too. But you have a changing demographic in in dentistry right now. You know, every dental school right now is graduating more women than men. And there's going to be a a real, and, and there already is, a large change on how dental practices are run. And if if you have a lot of women that are practice owners, you know, they're going to have to balance the, the practice side of their life along with possibly the family side. And uh, what you see often with women dentists is they marry another professional, sometimes even another dentist. So, well, that doesn't make it any easier. Actually, it could potentially make it harder. Because when, sure. when you throw kids' soccer matches in there, you know, it becomes a literally, uh, you know, a spreadsheet as far as who gets to, you know, who gets to go to the games and who gets to pick them up and et cetera, et cetera. I think those are all challenges that are going to be met very easily by by the future workforce. But I think it's, uh, I think what, I think what's happening is, is there's going to be a more demand on time. People are going to have to really spend a lot of time on time management and time management is not, is, they're going to have to really monitor the amount of time they spend on their cell phones. And, you know, and as far as quality is concerned, I have nothing, I have no problems with the next generation getting their information on a cell phone. However, it's, it's going to have to compete with all other aspects of their professional and personal life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Phone addictions. That's something that, that every everyone suffers from. Um, I think, <laughs> anecdotally, I would guess probably ninety percent of the country is addicted to their their cell phone. It's it's pretty high. I'm struggling not to look at mine right at this very moment. So um, it's a it's a pretty typical thing. And you're right, that's a lot of time. I think if you calculate the amount of time that you spend on your phone doing meaningless tasks, um, it's probably a couple hours per day. I mean that probably equals a whole work day de- a whole work day per week, and you know a month over a course of a year. So it it's certainly. Um, a lot of time you talked about uh, inflation uh, starting uh, your practice back in a uh, very high inflationary period of time that we're in now um, and assuming that we're gonna stay in this period of time here for a little bit what are some what's some advice that you have for dentists that are that are dealing with this I mean their pricing is always behind what they're paying right a lot of people set their fee schedules for the year right and, Um but uh, I think we've already had, we're about 8%, 10% month after month after month, which means costs have gone up significantly. And if you're not changing your fee schedule, you're in trouble. Um, tell me, what are some things besides doing that that the dentist should be looking at doing right now?
1: Well, you sort of read my mind on that one, because that's the number one thing you do. You, if you have not changed your fees this year, you're behind the curve, period. Uh, th- th- you know, and with Let's just say that we go back to inflation that was what was called normal which was around two percent a year. When that's where the Federal Reserve doesn't really, you know, have any hiccups, and you know that you don't see a lot of of uh, material on the business newsletters, you know, talking about it. Well, if that's the case, then really what you really are saying is is that you need a fee hike of about one to two percent per year at the beginning of the year, uh, just just to stay uh, even with inflation. Now, obviously. With a couple of things that uh, probably increased uh, the cost of doing practice is with COVID, the amount of protective gear that dentists had to buy. I mean, uh, sure. anybody looks at masks, gowns, disposables, and sees how much of that stuff is you know gone up in price. I remember pricing all that stuff when COVID started. Uh, I was amazed at what simple surgical masks were going for compared to yeah. others, you know. And I was advising my clients. Right then and there you need to check your, you know your your fees up and sure. you know, again you have to re-examine the insurance companies that you work with some of the insurance companies won't let you increase their fees more than once every two years so that means that you're going to have to have a larger fee increase in the interim if that's the case right. uh, you know they're not they're not the ones that are paying salaries they're not the ones that are paying the supply bills and whether or not the, whether or not they quote unquote approve of your fee height, that's one. Uh, the other thing is, is you're going to have to re-examine your wage structure in your uh, in your practice. I, yeah. I think that's one of the things you're going to have to look. You're going to have to look at how you compete with other offices. And again, I think a lot of this has to do with the benefit packages. Uh, you're a lot better off offering more benefits because those are essentially quote unquote tax free. And, uh, Then, you know, just simply raising wages and meeting those wages. Uh, I know my staff had the you know, had a 401k with a matching provision. And I think that's pretty common today, especially with large group practices and DSOs. That's very typical. Uh, You might even consider uh, offering term life insurance for your best employees, you know, on condition of employment for X amount of years. Uh, Everybody can use some term life insurance and a lot of practices have hygienists or assistants who are female and they're the main breadwinner in the house. So they they need to be insured and that's part of risk management. And that's just good practice as far as running a business.
0: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Let me ask you this last question, um, Dr. Hewitt. um, And again, um, your website is militarydentist.com. I know you do consulting work. Um, with dentists across the country. Tell me who's an ideal candidate. Who's a, who's a, who's a solid candidate to work with you?
1: I think, I think a, some of the most successful candidates that I've had are people that are, uh, and they're not necessarily all coming out of the military, but they're making a transition in their life. They might have worked with a dental service organization, and they have this idea that they'd rather own their own practice, or they were an associate of a dentist, and they want to go out on their own, maybe a, a move geographically. And they just want. This time they want to be the be the boss. And uh, those those people those dentists tend to have the most needs. And what I like to do is I like to work with a team. So if you already have an accountant, that's not a problem. I'm not an accountant. I'm just a consultant. I do have financial background uh, and obviously management experience. But I'll work with any group of of professionals in in a team like manner. There's just very few consultants can do all consulting. For instance, human resources is, is almost state specific. So, you know, I can lead you in the right direction as far as where you can get information on that, et cetera. So I think that that's a great market, people that are getting out and they're young. The other thing I can help them with is financially as far as their retirement plans. Uh, I do know a lot about it. I've gone through the College of Financial Planning, which is uh, in Denver. And I'm currently in the Chartered Financial Consultant coursework right now. So I can show young Dennis how if you put away a little bit of your money every year at the beginning, it pays off at the end. You know, sure. uh, Einstein said that compound interest was the most uh, incredible, uh, natural occurring thing. And I think uh, I think he was right when it came to that.
0: That's right. Yeah. I think more millionaires are created from actually investing than uh, any other thing on the planet. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's it's. I always tell young Dennis, I said, look, it's you don't have to be in the hottest fun right now. What you have to do is have a consistent saving pattern. And if you just if you're consistent, you know it's okay to hit doubles all your life instead of always hitting home runs. Because if you hit doubles all the time, you're going to end up do, having just as good a batting average as if you hit a home run every other every other game.
0: Sure, that makes sense. One more time, the website's militarydentist.com. Dr. Hoot, let me thank you for your service, and and, and thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate that.
1: Patrick, it was a pleasure being with you, and uh, I appreciate your deference to the military service, and good luck to you.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook, or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.